Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the fifth down. I'm your host, Jose. With me tonight are Brad and Junie. What's up, guys? What's going on? Uh, are you ready for some football? I am. I'm ready, man. Best time of the year. Absolutely. The Thursday night football. We got the champs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Dallas Cowboys. Right. The most storied franchise in the NFL, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The best fans, most loyal fans. We're always around. <laughs> against those uh those whiny cowboys that are always finding an excuse as to why this didn't end up being the year they always are bitching and they always fail but hey it's always entertaining to clown on them so they give up they definitely give us a good target are you guys excited for your teams though we got the washington football team that will have a formal name next season and the San Francisco 49ers that have a two-quarterback system that they will be utilizing this season. What do you guys think? <laughs> what are your, your guys' expectations? Yeah, I mean, zero and zero. You know, everyone, I think, is extremely helpful, regardless of the team you have. You could be a Jacksonville Jaguars, a Cincinnati oh. Bengals fan. I think everyone's excited about the season. Fans are excited to be back. You know, I don't think even Houston Texan fans are excited. Really? Because... Um, what I would be excited about is whoever is replacing Tyrod Taylor. Let's take a look at the track record that Tyrod Taylor has with quarterbacks that eventually replace him. Last year, Justin Herbert. Let's let's not forget about how well he was last year. Um, and let me, I'd have to do some more research, but forget who Tyrod Taylor also was on, but if you're the Houston Texans, if Tyrod Taylor's starting for you, you're hopeful that that backup is the next man up and he's going to be something great. Well, Tyrod Taylor was also the quarterback when um, uh, Baker Mayfield stepped in for Cleveland. Yep, there it is. And, See, and I believe, and I believe he was still in Buffalo when uh, Josh Allen stepped in. See, track record. Houston's got something to be helpful for. Yeah, but I mean, if he is a starter for 17 games, I don't even think he's going to match with touchdowns the amount of um assault accusations Deshaun Watson has against him yeah well we'll see I mean he's one of those guys that made the roster but we all know he's not going to play guys guys why are we talking about Tyrod Taylor when the great Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to put on the burgundy and gold this is true um for a team where I know that the name is out there I saw a couple of uh you know options the president's I am still a big fan of the Washington Jeff Bezos. Um, get that Amazon Prime money into DC. Yes. Presidents, uh, what is it? Armada, mm-hmm. Red Wolves. I, I personally like the Red Wolves. I think I think that would be a dope name for the That'd team. Be, yeah. I mean, you could definitely come up with a really cool logo. Yeah. But in terms yeah. of uh, in terms of the team, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of excitement this year. Why not the hogs? The Red Hogs? Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, I mean, man. I mean, you guys had those fans, you know, with the noses. Yeah, there. yeah. We can't duplicate that, though. That was that was the 90s. That was that was the Redskin era. Now, we need a new era. There it is. It's going to be the Fitzmagic era. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, how about you? Are you excited for uh, the, the defending champs? I am. Looking to I repeat. At, at, a, at age 44... Brady is probably going to have one of the best years of his career. I'm excited that they brought back the team 
that 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 they they brought him back to run it back and you know um i'm excited to see what antonio brown does with a full season with tampa bay i think i i think this dude could have 100 receptions this year i mean people forget you know before he went crazy and you know got cut and lost 30 million dollars guaranteed money with with oakland um he was the best wide receiver in the league and it wasn't even close like he was a step and a half ahead of everybody else so i mean i don't think he's lost that much of a step i think last year you know he was getting to know the offense and stuff this year i especially having godwin and evans alongside i think he's gonna have a big year yeah i mean remains to be seen that's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense um you know uh, we always know that there are teams out there that can support uh, two top 12 wide receiver options. Um, Tampa Bay could be that team. Yeah, but let's get started today we, with our um, fantasy football draft that we just had. We drafted uh, this past Sunday, and I I got to say, you know, I feel like all three of us um, had a pretty good draft. I feel, I feel like, honestly, pretty much everybody in our league had a good draft. I'm, uh, I don't I don't really see any like really like weak team now you know at this point what happens is it's about injuries it's about who has a breakout year it's about who you know just has the right guys in on the right week but I definitely think you know it's going to be a very strong league with uh with 10 competitive teams I don't know what you guys think yeah I think the same um last year when you take a look at the league um it, it became really competitive, especially for those last spots in the playoffs. And I think we're going to have another year. I think it actually might be tighter up top. Yeah, for sure. 10 team league uh, PPR. Um, I think it's going to be very competitive. And um, I, I was very disappointed that that Brad didn't get young, young way. Huku. You know, so. I tried, um, but he got snagged earlier than I intended <laughs> to uh, spend draft capital on him. But you know, Props to I, I made sure that I did not lose Rodrigo. Goggles. Goggles. Goggles, baby. Rodrigo <laughs> is back home with Papa. You know they're going to use him He's, a lot too, man. They're going to use the shit oh, out yeah. of him too. Oh, it's goggles, man. And, you know, Carson wins is Carson wins. So, you know, he's going to screw up a lot of plays inside the 50. <laughs> like, you know, or, or if like... Um, Eason is in or or the trade for Foles, whoever they have in there, you know, like Yeah, so I mean just piggybacking off Rodrigo, what about the rest of your team? How did you like your draft? I I was very I mean you were picking at first round, first pick. So it's pretty obvious that it's gonna be Christian McCaffrey. And Jose, you went I'm gonna sla- slap you. You're content. You have Christian McCaffrey, you have <laughs> Jefferson, you got D Hop. You got Amari Cooper. You got Russell Wilson. That's a stacked team, bro. Yeah. That's a stacked team. And the funny thing is, like, Amari Cooper, I kind of got by accident because I ran out of time and I meant to draft uh, Lamar Lamar. Jackson. But, you know, it all ended up working well because I ended up getting Amari and then getting Lamar and then uh, getting uh, Russell Wilson the next next pick. So, uh, yeah. That's not the right word. I should be very happy with my team. I mean, if my if the weakest part of my team is tight end and my tight end is Tanyan, 
I, I definitely feel like I have a pretty strong team. Um, what, how do you guys feel about yours? I am, I, I'm, I'm content with my draft. Um, Jonathan Taylor was my first pick. Um, I started out, uh, with the 10th pick and, uh, um, and then after that I got Stefan Diggs. Um, I, I do like Jonathan Taylor. I'm not in love with him. I, I, I like his potential. Um, I think he's going to be a workhorse. Uh, he came, um, very strong at the end of the season. Uh, he, he pretty much carried that team. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to, to see, you know, how far he can go. Um, George Kittle fourth round. I think my biggest reach was Kyle Pitts fifth round, even though that's where he was, you know, he was, uh, he was going in a lot of drafts, the fourth or the fifth round. Um, I know he was drafted high by Atlanta and um, yeah. I, I honestly don't know what to expect from him. He's athletic. You know, he's, he's, he's pretty much Calvin Johnson in a playing tight end. So I mean, that was a very smart pick by you though. That was a yeah. smart, very smart pick. Cause it, it was circumstantial. You sure. had just missed out on Julio Jones, Adam Thielen, uh, you know, uh, and at that point it would have been kind of a reach for you to take a wide receiver. And that's true. That is true. So, you know, it, it was a smart pick. And yeah, we know Atlanta has a great offense. They traded away Julio Jones outside of Calvin Ridley. You, they don't have a, a solid second option. So he can easily become that second option. I don't think, you know, I picked up Gage in the letter, later rounds and I'm excited for him um, because I think he's going to have a solid year for Atlanta. But he's, it's not like, it's like, oh, Gage is in there. So no, Pitts is not going to get looks. I definitely think Pitts will get looks and, I honestly think you'll be pleasantly surprised with your two tight end system. Hopefully, man. Hopefully. And, you know, I, the past drafts, I've never gone this heavy with the tight end position. I've usually streamlined the tight end position and um, I'm excited about Kittle. Um, I think he's going to have a big year. He was uh, injured last year and and he's definitely a top tight end. I, I mean, I think it's him and Kelsey at the top um, going down the list. Um, Dak Prescott, uh, I don't know what to expect from him too. I think he's going to have a big season this year. I, I picked him in the sixth round. Um, in terms of sleepers on my team, um, I think uh, Devontae Smith is going to be really good for Philly. Um, pick 11, Will Fuller. I don't know why he dropped so low. He's suspended for one game. He was uh, he had big play potential last year, and I don't see anything different this year. He has Tua, and then... Um, and then a stacked receiving core with him. So I think he's just going to be uh, just as good. And then um, to top it off, I know Curtis Samuel is injured right now, but I think he's going to be very good when he comes, comes back yeah. from injury with a, uh, with Terry McLaurin. So, um, so, so far, I mean, I would give my draft a seven out of 10. Um, I'm, 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 I'm hopeful for it. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I'm always looking to improve. So. Yeah. And I think that's normal, especially when you're drafting 10, um, you know, you don't, you don't get the top tier players you're going to want at running back or wide receiver. Right. And you're going to have to reach, mm -hmm. you know, myself drafting at eight, I was sort of in the same predicament, you know, all the players that you had hoped that you'd want to pick up, you know, the big names like a Christian McCaffrey, a Kamara, Dalvin cook, Derek Henry, those names are gone. And, you know, you, you're also going to start missing out on some of the wide receiver talent and sort of have to gauge on how the draft is going to go. And yeah. So at, Pick eight. I went with Austin Eckler. I I like the stats that I that I think he's going to get this year. 
you know, he's obviously a PPR machine. I'm hoping that he can stay healthy and he gets more goal line touches and, and more work on the running game. And I think he can end up, you know, a top six running back. And after that, in the second round, went Nick Chubb. He's one of those guys that he doesn't get a lot of backfield work patching, catching uh, passes. But we've, we are, if you do the math, uh, running backs that catch are not, they're not as important. Um, you take a look at guys like Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry doesn't catch a lot, but this dude is still top three, top four talent, and the points are still there. I think Nick Chubb could could finish the season as the rushing leader. I mean, he did 1,400 yards last year, even while banged up. I think he's one, he's one of those guys that's easily going to hit, you know, 1,800 yards. Um, round three, I decided uh, for the flex position in our league, I wanted to go another running back. Um, and I went with David Montgomery um, last year. He had a very slow start, but he finished strong to the season. Um, Tariq Cohen is still, you know, we, we, we're still uncertain on his status. And David Montgomery gets enough PPR work for me um, at running back. So went there. Now, wide receiver is probably where I'm weakest at. I went round four, five, and six with C.D. Lamb, Adam Thielen, Deontay Johnson. Lamb has the ceiling of being a wide receiver one, but that's a loaded, you know, wide receiver core with Amari Cooper, Gallup, um, and Dak has to stay healthy. I think he is the best wide receiver on the team. I'm hoping that he ends up wide receiver one. Um, status, Thielen, you know, Justin Jefferson is the wide receiver one on that team, so it's tough. Deontay Johnson, the dude drops too many passes, but he's there for, you know, Big Ben. Um, yeah, I, I went extremely heavy on running back and wide receiver, and I didn't draft a quarterback until round 11, Matt Ryan. Yeah, I, on my team, I definitely felt like the sleeper was Debo, Debo Samuel. I was able to snatch him in the ninth round, which was very surprising to me, especially with the year he had. I know he had some injury concerns last year, but when he was on the field, man, he balled out. Him and Brandon Ayuk both balled out in San Francisco. So the fact that I was able to get Debo in the ninth round. And same thing with uh, Miles Sanders. I know he had some injuries last year, but I was able to snatch him up in the, at the end of the fourth round. So I felt like that was kind of a surprise too. And even Amari Cooper being there for the first pick in the fifth round. like um, Yeah, and for Jose's draft, I mean, I thought your biggest sleeper was pick number 13. We uh, Russell Gage, um, he was one of those guys that I was actually targeting in later rounds. If you take a look at my later round drafts in round 12, I went Marvin Jones. Round 13, I went uh, Darnell Mooney. Round 14 was was where I was targeting Russell Gage. So I was trying to get, you know, wide receivers with upside. And, you know, unfortunately, I didn't get Russell Gage. Good on you. I think he's one of those guys that definitely has a lot of upside. And, yeah, same thing for Junie. I like the Curtis Samuel. Um, pick 13. He is a little banged up. We're still uncertain, but someone has to step up into that number two role for that, for that wide receiver core. And if you remember how good Curtis Samuel was last year, um, I think he pairs extremely well with uh, Gibson. Yeah, he's a Swiss army knife and he's played with Terry and I think uh, Fitz is going to air it out. So, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for him and Logan Thomas and, uh, Terry McLaurin. So I definitely think he's going to be. Uh, yeah, a especially good in, in the way our league is set up. 
PPR. I think Curtis Samuel, he may not get you touchdowns or like big yardage games, but the dude's going to rack up receptions of plenty. I think mm-hmm. you'll see games where he's, where he's catching it two yards, three yards from the line of scrimmage, but those are just points in full point. You know, right. he, I could see him breaking 15 points and 12 of them being receptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the case of Jenny's team too, you know, Kenny Galladay in the eighth round, he, you know, he could have easily gone top four rounds if he wouldn't have, you know, sat out half the season for Detroit last year. I think that was more of a contract dispute than an actual hip injury. And I think he's going to have a very big year for, for New York. He's a legitimate one. New York lacked that last year. And you could tell, you know, I feel yep. like um, Darius you- Slayton couldn't handle that, that role. Um, um, Sterling Shepard is, 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 he's a slot receiver. He, you know, that, that's what he is. He's not a one. He, he's a, he's a guy that'll get you four or five receptions a game, but he's not, you know, he's not, a, he's not a true number one. So now that they have Galladay, He's going to step in and with Barkley back and healthy, I feel like Jones is not going to make as many mistakes throwing the ball because the defenses won't be able to just focus on him throwing. They'll have to be pay attention to um, Barkley now too, which my brother snagged, um, I believe it was in either the second round or third round, which was very surprising. But again, it has to do with injuries, you know, and he snagged up uh, Barkley and I mean, yeah, I, I definitely think that um, in our draft, particularly, um, injuries made a big difference. I feel like um, there was quite a few players that went later than usual because of injuries, like Odell Beckham Jr. that went to Candace. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, let's see, Joe Mixon going in the second round instead of the first round. I think a lot of that has to do with his injury history. Wouldn't you agree, Brad? Yeah, I mean, I had him last year. Luckily, I had the handcuff. And Samaj P. Ryan and Giovanni Bernard. Um, but yeah, I, I think the dude does warrant a top round pick. And if you can get him, you know, in that second, third round, he's a value Chris at that Car- position. Chris Carson going to Juni in the third round. Yeah, that was surprising that- to me. That was surprising to me because he's when he's on, he's he's uh he's definitely a top top ten back. Um, yeah, but he's a, like 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 Jose said, he's one of those guys that just had a lot of injury concerns about him Mm -hmm. um but the biggest one in this draft and i i feel like you guys are gonna agree with me was julio jones going 49th that was surprising no i honestly yes and no um i don't know how how banged up he is and and if he can replicate Corey davis's receptions then yeah absolutely a steal but it's gonna come down to you know how healthy is he and if he is healthy Steal at that at at that draft pick. Same thing with Odell Beckham Jr. in the seventh round. If he if he is if he gets back to being Odell, Candace got a steal because she got him three or four rounds after where he would typically go. But if the injury hit, if the injuries continue, then it just ends up being not too high of a risk for her because she took him in the seventh round. Yeah, agreed. And same thing with Raheem Mostert going in the eighth round. Yeah, I mean, I mean the starting running did play for, last year. Yeah, they like, had some monster games, but starting running back for the San Francisco 49ers, you want that guy, but he comes with that injury risk, and yeah, yeah we, he we just fell all along. And man, when we talk about falling from grace, let's talk about Juju Smith-Schuster. 
Ninth I was about round? to say that, bro. I was just about to say that. This guy used to go end of the first round, early second round. Like, what happened, Brad? There has been no injuries with him. Like, what happened to Juju Smith-Schuster? Is it the fact that Antonio Brown left and exposed him? No, I honestly, it comes down to there being younger receivers on that team. You have a dude that's clearly evolved into um, the favorite target of uh, Roethlisberger and Deontay Johnson, and you have the downplay ability of a Chase Claypool. Juju Smith-Schuster catches the ball, you know, two or three yards from the line of scrimmage, and that's where he makes his money. Um, you know, you're really banking on PPR and for him to break something off, uh, you know, a 70-yard touchdown. So really his ceiling has been capped. And, and I think a lot of people from previous years, they remember, you know, drafting Juju Smith high and being burned by him. If you didn't get him in that second year, you got him in, you know, in years four, you remember being burned and spending high draft capital. And, and a lot of people remember that. And I think that's why he slid. Yeah, I think that happened to Junie one year. Yeah. Junie had him in the, in the second year, the breakout year. 218. Yep. I had him in 218 and I won that year. He yeah. had 14, 14, 26 and yards. And then he had seven touchdowns. So yeah. Great season. That's what people were looking for. Unfortunately, he's not able to replicate it anymore. So it warrants this slide. But he did slide, I think, around two to three rounds uh, farther than I think he should have. I think there's still production there. Absolutely. I, I, I think with Juju, he's not he's not the player that we thought he was going to be, um, especially with like what Brad was saying, uh, Johnson and Claypool. I think Juju is like the third receiver in that group. And, you know, let's face it, he doesn't have separation. Um, when it comes to, um, uh, you know, one-on-one with the cornerbacks, I, I just feel like the other options are better when it comes to uh, yeah. the Pittsburgh receiving core. That's true. And and let's be honest, he got beat up by a fourth rounder. And uh, what round did Deontay Johnson go in, Brad? I don't even remember. But, but yeah, I mean, he, he was a day two pick or day three pick for, for Pittsburgh, I'm pretty sure. So these aren't first round picks that, took over that offense it's guys that outwork juju smith schuster and i think he's a victim of complacency i don't think he ever evolved his game i i don't think he ever took that next step i think he got to a certain point and he plateaued uh, he let, really... let's, but let, let's let's not act like his 2020 season wasn't that good i mean fantasy wise he still had 97 receptions. He, he hasn't fallen that far. 97 receptions. He had 831 yards and nine touchdowns. And that's that when you consider that that's what he did with the Deontay and Chase Claypool, if he can do the same, wherever he went, he's a steal. Cause that should be at least a fifth round grade. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think Juju will get something similar. I think he'll exceed 80, 80 receptions in, and 900 yards. So if that's the case, then maybe Canada's got the biggest deal in the yeah. draft. But yeah, at, I mean. At top, he's a wide receiver three, I think. I don't think he's one or two. I think he's a wide receiver three at this point. I agree. Especially in uh, fantasy terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would that, be a that's guy about that where maybe he put would it, go. That you, put it, you put him in as a flex, my opinion. Flex, yeah, flex or wide receiver three, yeah. He's a guy that kind of competes with your other guys on your bench for like 
that flex spot on a weekly basis. Cause yeah, you, mm-hmm. you know, most people should, if you don't have a lock for who your three receivers are, or like at least two of the three on a consistent basis, then you definitely have a problem. Your, your big, your biggest headache should be who's going to be my flex this week. Right. I think Steelers are so, going to be better too with, uh, with their running game with uh, Harris. Um, yeah. last, year, last year, they didn't have the juice with uh, Connor. And I think this year it's going to be better and it's going to open things up for those receivers. So we'll see. Yeah, it'll definitely be exciting. We'll have to wait and see what happens. But now let's talk about the actual games, you know, not the fantasy ones anymore. It's week one, and it starts with the defending champions hosting the team that proclaims themselves as champions before every season begins. Tampa Bay Buccaneers hoisting the the Dallas Cowboys. What do you, what do you guys expect from this game? I I mean, I'm not going to jump out and say it's going to be 44 to 17 or anything like that. I think that, you know, there might be some um, championship hangover with the Bucks at least in the first half, especially if there's like a ring ceremony and everything. So I think it'll be closer than people expect, but I expect the Bucks to take over in the second half. And that, in my opinion, it'll be a 10 point victory. Yeah, I mean, uh, the spread right now is uh, t- Tampa uh, minus eight and a half. Um, they're playing at home. I think the product in terms of the game is going to be a lot better because compared to last year, they, they, had, pre- they had preseason games. Um, they had full camps. Um, it's going to be interesting, I think, uh, with Dak Prescott because um, he, he really hasn't had a chance to play in the preseason. So... I think he's going to be a little rusty and I think he he's going to eventually start uh, opening up in, in, the, in the second half. Uh, but hopefully um, it's a competitive game. Um, I, c- I could see Tampa having a hangover, uh, but then again, they have Tom Brady and um, he's usually good about that kind of stuff where he, he's on top of his players. Um, I think it's going to be big that uh, Zach Martin is out for the Cowboys. Um, and um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, other than that, it, 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 hopefully it, it's a competitive game, but I, I see Tampa Bay winning that for sure. Yeah, to me, when I look at this game, all I'm seeing it's just points scored. If we remember Dallas last year before Dak got injured, we remember them scoring points aplenty and the downfall oh, yeah. being the defense. The defense letting teams back into the games and letting them win on you know last-second drives. And I think Tampa Bay is definitely going to stick around. They, there might be a Super Bowl hangover, but uh, uh, but I think they're going to stick to the running game and, you know, milk the clock. And and if it comes down to last position possession, I think Tampa Bay is well situated and they know what they're what that team's about. I'm expecting 30 points from each team um, easily um, might be the highest scoring game of the week. Um, and if I had to pick a pick a team, you're obviously picking Tampa Bay with them returning their roster getting the super bowl it being at raymond james um i think it's going to be one of the best kickoff games we've had we've had in a while uh from you know some from the marquee teams i'm definitely looking forward to that thursday night game and next uh we move on to sunday now and we start with junie's washington football team hosting the the Los Angeles Chargers, almost like San Diego, but they're in Los Angeles <laughs> now. I think I think this is quietly going to be the best game of the week. 
because you got you got Justin Herbert going up against Fitzmagic. I think it's going to be a juggernaut. I think it's going to be a high scoring game, and it's going to the the real winner here is going to be the fans. Yeah, for sure. Um, in terms of the, uh, in terms of the spread, it's even right now. So Vegas is thinking that it's going to be a it's going to be an even game or close game. Um, in terms of the matchup, you got Chase Young, the number two pick versus Justin Herbert. Um, what pick was Justin Herbert? Was he like the fourth pick or the fifth pick? Uh, he was sixth. Sixth. So you got you got the second versus the sixth pick. Um, I I think the the key the key factors for this game is going to be uh, for the Chargers is is Austin Eckler healthy? Um, he was he was out for the majority of the year last year. Um, and he's going to be a big factor when it comes to the offense uh, with the Chargers. For Washington, it, it's it's going to come down to can Ryan Fitzpatrick um, be Fitz Magic, not Fitz Tragic, meaning, you know, throw the ball to the Burgundy and Gold team, not the other team. So um, if Washington or if uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick can uh, uh, cannot turn over the ball and 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 you know just throw a couple of touchdowns and give it to Antonio Gibson, they're going to be fine. Uh, but in this game, I'm going to pick Washington. I'm going to be a homer. Um, they're playing at home. Um, they played together this whole uh, preseason. Um, the thing with the Chargers is that they haven't, the starters haven't played this preseason. So I think it's going to, they're going to kind of be rusty uh, when, it, when they come out the gate. So I have Washington winning this game. Yeah. And this game is one of those that I think is too close to call. And I definitely give the edge to Washington just based off of them being the home team. Um, you know, home field advantage, I think, is important. I'd give the edge to Washington. To me, the key factor to this game is going to be, it's not going to be any of the playmakers like uh, Terry McLaurin or an Austin Eckler. I think it's going to come down to line play. Um, you know, you obviously want to see what you can get from from uh, from Young and, you're, and see if that pass rush is going to hold up. Um, I think that it will, and... Let's not forget that the Chargers have this other dude who came from the same college, probably the same coaches, Joey Bosa. Let's not forget about him. Um, this dude is is one of the premier pass rushers. I think it's just going to come down to how each line is able to handle the other's pass rush. And that's likely where it's going to be decided because these rookie these young quarterbacks can make mistakes. And we've seen what Fitzmagic can do. When he's, you know, in the pocket and being pressured, he can make some errant throws and just throw away the ball game. So it's going to come down to those two key players for me, Young and Bosa. I agree. Should definitely be an exciting game. Next, we have the Steelers at the Bills. This should be an exciting game as well. Last year, um, Steelers got trounced in Buffalo, and I think that that's kind of where their down, down, downfall really began. Um, when they got exposed by a, by a great team. Um, and I feel like Ben Roethlisberger is out to prove something this year. You know, um, everyone thinks that that arm is dead, that he's done as a starting quarterback, and that, you know, they're not even going to be – the, they're, they're saying they're going to be third place in their own division. The team that has won that division – so many times over the last, you know, 15, 16 years, like being picked to finish be behind the Browns. I mean, I, yeah. I, I definitely think this to me, this is, is, this is a, something. This is arguably one of the top two toughest divisions 
the AFC North and the NFC West, I think, are just stacked divisions top to bottom. I think the Steelers do field a good team, but against Buffalo, a team that, you know, some experts pick to go to the Super Bowl, um, it, it's tough to pick against them, and especially it being a home game for Buffalo. I think Buffalo just gets back on track. You know, you have Allen just running around, doing everything, scoring touchdowns. And I'm just picking Buffalo. I don't think Pittsburgh has enough firepower to compete. I think they'll stay competitive for, you know, a half, but Buffalo eventually pulls away. Yeah, it, I think Buffalo picks off where they left off last year. Um, Josh Allen is, uh, I think Josh Allen is going to be the MVP this year. I think he has that capability of uh, leading this team uh, with Stefan Diggs, um, uh, Potentially do a Super Bowl. I picked them last year to go to the Super Bowl, um, but I definitely think they're gonna um, they're gonna beat the Steelers. I, I think for the Steelers, um, they have to worry about Ben Roethlisberger. Um, he's definitely falling off that cliff. He does he does have the weapons. He has the receivers. He has Najee Harris now to help him in the running game. Uh, but in terms of the Steelers, I, I think Ben Roethlisberger is gonna be um, the factor if they win or lose. Uh, the defense is still solid. T.J. Watt is probably the best. Uh, defensive end in the game right now um, and then they um, they have a solid secondary so um, but I, I I think Buffalo wins this one Steelers are gonna shock the world and it shouldn't even be shocking because they are a great team they're gonna go to Buffalo and they're gonna win wow. and Ben Roethlisberger is gonna prove that he has just a little bit left in that arm and you know week one is always surprising so exactly and, and we never know one not by Ben Roethlisberger, but by the foot of the kicker. Hey, and you know, it's one of those games that absolutely can cut him down to it. And now moving now, moving on to the next game that we wanted to discuss uh, in this first week, uh, Seattle at Indianapolis. Um, it's going to be an interesting game. We don't know yet if Carson Wentz is going to be available. I think it's still kind of like a 50-50. If he is available, I think it'll be a great game. If he's not available, they still have a very good team, and I, I think um, Eason can do just enough to keep them in the game. But, you know, you got to wonder. Um, Seattle kind of had some turmoil over the offseason. How happy is Russell Wilson? For the sake of my fantasy football team, I hope he's really happy. You know, like, is Lockett going to be able to repeat what he did last season? Um, is DK Metcalf kind of keep being the same monster that he's been up to now? Is Chris Carson going to play 17 weeks? You know, is Rashad Penny going to step in and, and have a bigger role? There's a lot of questions around this, um, this Seattle Seahawks team. Um, I'm leaning towards Seattle, but I wouldn't be surprised if um, – the Colts behind the heavy run, uh, run attack with uh, Jonathan Taylor and 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 Heinz as the main pass catching back, um, actually pull off an upset in this game. But I will narrowly, uh, I narrowly have Seattle winning by, by a field goal. Yeah, this is one of those games that I think is a uh, it's going to be much closer on paper. When you take a look at it, you, a lot of people will pick Seattle. But let's remember that Indianapolis fielded one of the better defenses last year. That defense is solid. Um, and if they can get pressure on Russell Wilson, I think they could really put a damper, you know, on their, on their parade and easily come out with a, with a close win. Um, week one, we, we don't know what to expect, but 
when you have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, it's hard to go against those guys. Um, really, Indianapolis is hoping that, you know, DeForest Buckner and the rest of that defense can shut shut them down. Um, and if that's the case, I, I do see Indianapolis having a pathway to victory. But as much as it pains me to say I would have to pick Seattle, it's hard to go against Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, DK, and uh, and that and that team. It's, it's just too tough to pick against them. So I'd go Seattle here. Yeah, this this, this game is definitely a toss-up. Um, I think the problem with Seattle last year was that they weren't balanced. Um, they they relied heavily on on Russell Wilson for him to cook, and I think eventually it just caught up to him. And uh, playing in the um, NFC West, you know, it's it's a tough division. You got the Rams, uh, the Cardinals. Um, Seattle definitely has to be. Um, more balance this year. And I think they're going to rely heavily on uh, Chris Carson and Rashad Penny to balance everything out. I think DK Metcalf has a big year. Uh, Tyler Lockett is Tyler Lockett. You know, he's, he's very hot and cold um, in terms of the Colts. Uh, winning this game, I think is going to rely heavily on uh, Jonathan Taylor. If they can control the clock, um, especially if Carson Wentz isn't there, I think they're going to rely heavily on him. Um, but if I had to choose, um, I would I would pick Indianapolis because they have the the better offensive line and defensive line, and then in football you know you know how it goes the if you have the if you can control the trenches you win the game so um, I see Indianapolis winning this one. And moving on to the the fifth game, um, which on paper is the game of the week, um, Cleveland at Can- at Kansas City it was a great playoff game. Um, last year was a coming out party for Cleveland. Um, Baker Mayfield and those boys finally, you know, lived up to the expectations that hadn't been lived up in Cleveland in years. Um, they're an exciting team. They have Odell Beckham Jr. back. Hopefully this time they figure out how to include him in the game without making Baker Mayfield look bad and Odell Beckham Jr. look bad. It shouldn't be that hard to make a great receiver excel in an offense, you know. But that'll be a big question. Will that will Baker Mayfield regress with Odell on the on on the field, or will Baker finally figure out how to use him properly? How will they balance Chubb and Hunt in the backfield? That that to me is the biggest question. Um, we we know what to expect from Kansas City. You know, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. It's not even there's no question about it. Um, but I expect Cleveland to show up and I expect Cleveland to pull off a major upset this weekend. They're going to win. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome to get a possible AFC championship game preview in week one, which this could absolutely shape up to be. And I think with Baker, he finally has a true number one out in Cleveland in Donovan people Jones. Um, He's got a solid number two in, you know, um, Jarvis Landry, and he's probably has the best number three in the game. And, and that guy from New York, um, but all joking aside, Cleveland is one of those teams where defensively they must get better. And I think that they did how much better is, is yet to be seen. And I don't know if they've closed the gap between the likes of the Buffalo bills, the Kansas city chiefs, and even the Tennessee Titans. Um, I, I, Kansas City has definitely gotten better. They're much improved. The O-line issues that that was exposed last year in the Super Bowl game by Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they shored that up. And 
to me, um, as much as I think this is going to be a close game, I think Kansas City is just going to come out guns blazing, hit them with everything, including the kitchen sink. Um, if they can put up a 60 burger on them, I'm sure that Kansas City will try. It's one of those types of games to me. Um, Kansas City by a large margin. Yeah, I think uh, I think Cleveland wins this one, actually. I, I think they uh, they punch Kansas City in the mouth. Um, I think the addition of Jadavion Clowney um, is going to be big for them, especially on that D line. Um, in terms of in terms of the matchup, I, I think if Cleveland can control the clock and uh, and avoid giving Patrick Mahomes the ball, a lot of uh, Nick Chubb and um, in that run game, I think I think uh, they can win this game. Um, I think Kansas City still has a hangover um, from that Super Bowl. Um, I think they were very disappointed in the performance, and who knows if they can bounce back from that because they were, you know, they were very, uh, um, uh, they were very uh, uh, soundly beaten. The, yeah, yeah, they they were they, they were beaten, and and a lot of people thought it would be a competitive matchup. So, um, but I have Cleveland winning this one. I agree. And let's just kind of uh, run through the rest of the games. Let's just pick a winner and loser. Um, Eagles at the Falcons. Uh, I'm going to go Falcons. You know, this one, another push game. Yeah, I'd go Falcons too. Home. Falcons, Cal Pitts, two touchdowns, 150 yards. Oof. The anti-vaxxers, I mean, the Vikings against the Bengals. I'm going Bengals at home. Ooh, this is easy to me. Running game, Dalvin Cook. They get it cooking. Uh, the Vikings. Vikings, Dalvin Cook. 49ers at the Lions. Uh, Niners. Yeah, Niners. Uh, don't know what to expect from Detroit. Uh, two QB system in San Francisco might be too much. Niners. Now the question is, will both QBs play at the same time? I hope so. You know, be, it'd be interesting. Cardinals at the Titans. I'm going to go Cardinals on the road. Kyler Murray. Uh, same. I like Kyler Murray. Uh, I like what they can do rushing-wise. Derrick Henry, Tennessee Titans, playing at home. Jets, Panthers. I like Zach Wilson. Um, I think he's going to be rookie of the year. I'm going Jets. Uh, revenge game, Sam Darnold, Roby Wilson. I'm going Carolina. Carolina. <laughs> Jaguars, Texans. Who gives a fuck? I mean, uh, I mean, Jaguars because they, <laughs> Jaguars. Actually, they actually have a quarterback. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, Jaguars. Easy. Dolphins, Patriots. You know, Dolphins do really well in New England for some reason. I'm going Dolphins on the road. Bill Belichick at home, go New England. New England. Packers Saints. I'm gonna go Packers. Um, I don't think the Saints are gonna be quite as good as they were in years past, and they don't have Michael Thomas. Yes, yeah, Sam, going Green Bay Packers. I'm hoping to see Jameis Winston go 30 for 30 again this year. Packers Saints aren't as good. Uh, they're gonna turn up, turn the ball over a lot. Packers are gonna dominate. Broncos, Giants, Giants, baby, you know, Galladay and, and Barkley all day. I'm going Denver here. 
Um, I, I don't know what to expect from the Giants. I think Denver roster-wise is better. Denver, you know, that, defense is, that defense is too good. The real question here is why why is the Bears at the at the Rams the Sunday night football game? Like Sam uh, um Andy Dalton is starting this game, so we know it's gonna be Rams by 50. <laughs> uh, yeah. one, bro. Uh, I think one. I think familiarity with uh with Matt Stafford against Chicago breeds success for the Rams. Rams. I mean, I'm pretty sure Fields is going to be the starter going forward after halftime. And finally, Monday Night Football, Ravens at the Raiders. Ravens by two scores. Ooh, I am going, yeah, I'll go Ravens too. Uh, Not much from Las Vegas. Upset pick of the week, Raiders over Ravens in the new stadium. I'm going with, with fans. Raiders. I, I like it. And now to finish off tonight, let's talk about who we think is going to be a, a sleeper this week in, in terms of fantasy. I'm going with Mike Davis with Atlanta against Philly. Yeah, to me, one of the sleepers, and I do like Mike Davis, three down back. Um we Philly is horrible defensively. I, I think that's a so, solid pickup. If you have him, I think you can play him in a flex position. Uh, to me, I'm actually going a guy with a guy that you might be able to pick up on the waiver wires, 49% rostered. And I think a lot of it comes down to Jamison Crowder, but I'm picking Elijah Moore, a wide receiver yeah. with the Jets. Carolina bleeds points to wide receivers. I think he might be one of those guys that can take advantage. Nice, nice. I'm sticking with that game. I'm going the opposite team. I'm going Ter- Terrence, Terrence Marshall, uh, wide receiver, Carolina Panthers. He had a very strong uh, pre- preseason, um, and I think Sam Darnold is going to utilize him. Um, I think Terrence, Terrence Marshall is a good sleeper for week one. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely a lot of sleepers out there. I mean, we just picked two rookie wide receivers. Um Mike Davis, you know, on a new team in Atlanta. So there's definitely a, a lot to be had. Um, yeah, I, I like all the picks. I especially like Mike Davis. I think there's people that picked him up in the fifth, sixth round that might be hesitant on playing him. But I think he's a solid running back too, possibly an RB1 this week. And if the question was who's going to put fans to sleep, my pick is Andy Dalton. Ooh, Andy Dalton, you know. I, I might question. Be serious question, agree. guys. Serious question. Ben DiNucci or Andy Dalton? Oh, oh serious question. Throw sideways, sideways, man. He has a sideways throw, baby. Uh, give me the, give me the red rifle. <laughs> give me the pride of TCU. And the fact that they call him a rifle, like I've never seen that guy rifle anything. It's a super soaker. It's a rifle. <laughs> just, just, just cut him some slack, okay? Cut him some slack. Cut my boy Andy some slack. I don't know, but you know, we actually covered a lot tonight. Um, we, we covered how I had the best draft. I was the only one with an a minus grade. Um, how Brad forgot to draft wide receivers until the fourth round. Oh, I didn't forget baby. Uh, I, I had a rhyme and reason. 
Um, you know, week one, I think everyone's really excited. Fantasy football wise, uh, football wise, uh, I'm most excited to see fans back into stadiums. Yes. Some of, oh my uh, God. You know, some of, that, I've heard so that I'm, ticket sales for the Tampa Bay and Dallas game were insanely high because people want to be in stadiums and pack them. So that's what I'm yeah. most looking forward to. We couldn't be, I mean, I've been watching like the premier league now with uh, stadiums full and it's beautiful. I mean, as long as we're taking all the precautions and stuff, but it's amazing that there, there is nothing like watching the game with the, with yeah, the and I, fans and behind And I think the, the players think, will uh, love it too. I think they'll, they'll get really oh, It's, it's it. going to feel them. I feel like home field advantage was significantly hurt last year because fans couldn't be in the stadiums. And if they could be, it was in a, at a highly reduced rate. The teams that were allowed to have some fans, it was like 20%, 15%, 25% at the most. So, you know, even the Super Bowl was, uh, what, 25% capacity or 50%? Uh, uh, you know, it was such a sleeper of a game. I don't even remember it. Yeah, that's right, because the books put it away in the second quarter. Yeah, they, they actually did. It wasn't that entertaining, not going to lie. Yep, so, you know, it was... It's going to be an eventful week one. I'm excited, looking forward to it. Football season is back. You know, I don't think it's a coincidence that football season happens to be in the same time of the year where there's Halloween, um, yes. Thanksgiving, and Christmas. The yep. best time of the year. Absolutely. And and just a reminder for anyone listening, let's remember it's week one, um, win or yes. loss. Um, the season's not decided in week one. It's not decided in week two. And you know, you're, you're going to have players out there. Um, you can tilt if you want, but your season isn't done after week one. So just remember, it's a long season, fantasy football-wise, even football-wise. And you have to make it through not 16 games this year, but 17 games. So yes. let's all remember so be patient that. unless you're a Bears fan. If you're a Bears fan, do not be patient. Andy Dalton should not be the starting quarterback on your team. You should riot until they put Justin Fields in the red rifle should not be in because the only thing he's going to shoot is blanks <laughs> but all right folks that's it for this week we'll see how correct we were we'll see how mike davis does we'll see how terrence marshall does and we'll see how brad's pick does elijah moore let's go there you go elijah moore all right all Have right guys week till one. next week there you guys Good luck out there. Peace.